Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer with the Oilers in Washington. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Get $10 bonus for every $50 gift card purchased until December 31st. Visit royalpizza.ca. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and hook up with Washington Capitals analyst Al May. He is our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever it's the best you've ever tasted. No, I do not need housekeeping. Thank you very much. Uh, Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show, Alan May. Hello, Al. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Good to be with you. Yes. Uh, I guess I'm not going to get my chocolate dropped off at my room here. <laughs> that was housekeeping. That was ringing the door. We're at a brand new hotel, Al. It's nice. That's all I'm going to tell you. So uh, you were kind enough last year to pick us up, uh, Cam Buddha, myself. But let's get right to it. The Washington Capitals are dead last on the power play. They've had a great power play forever. Uh, they head into tomorrow's game. Uh, let's see. 29th in the league in goals for... How in the heck is this team 10-4-2, L? Well, they're in your face all game long. They're relentless. They skate. They attack. Uh, you know, everyone talks about puck luck, but I don't buy puck luck. What they're doing right now is they're defending, and they're doing a great job of using their legs, and whether they're getting in your face in the D zone, the neutral zone, the offensive zone, there's nowhere to go for a lot of teams. And at the same time, they gain momentum as games go on, and they're finding a way to get their victories. They're getting big stops from their goaltender. Uh, and the team is still got flaws it's still got holes but i think with the system and the belief that they have in the coaching staff uh killing penalties and winning games at five on five is all that matters well you know al this sounds like the antithesis of the position that the other team that you watch a lot is going on with the edmonton oilers you know what i'm saying well i do and you know when i i watch them you know the the capitals the first five games of the season we're allowing all types of slot passes, passes laterally inside the defensive zone, and the goaltenders couldn't come up with the saves because no goaltender should be able to come up with those saves. And I say that all the time, but somewhere along the way, you know, the bottom two lines really developed the chemistry, and once Dowd got back about six games ago, the team has yeah. been relentless with the third and fourth lines. So when I look at what they're doing, they, they figured out all the systems, and it was a transition, everything that Laviolette did, they have scrapped. They've thrown out the door, and they're doing completely different. So they had to get the players. It took a little while to get them out of their habits and their flight patterns and get them skating hmm. and going on the attack and pressuring. So it's been completely different. It's just been the players are digging it. They're having a good time. They're playing a faster game. And even though they're not getting the goals, they're not allowing the other teams to score goals. It's interesting because, as you know, Edmonton tried to switch to his own defense to start the year a little bit more passive neutral zone they scrapped the neutral zone really towards the end of the preseason and then scrapped the straight zone d uh for the heritage classic and then they reverted back to what they played last year a hybrid under jay woodcroft and they absolutely were all over calgary in that game they won five two um 
they had some rough sort of PDO analytics numbers until Jay was relieved of his duties with Dave Manson. Chris Knobloch comes in, a guy that can coach zone defense. Uh, but the orders right now look lost in translation defensively, and the exact opposite is with Washington. And now they're doing this basically without their top two centers for the last decade. Like I, I mean, you can update us. Backstrom is done for the season. Is that right? More than likely, he's out for the season. I think Kuznetsov's been out a few games, and he should be back. I'd expect him back tomorrow. But the the biggest thing that when you compare these two teams, and people talk about pop lock, you talk about your analytics, you know, there also has to be a a mindset of winning the battle in the middle of the ice. And you start in front of your own net, blocking out the post for your goaltenders, taking away the middle of the ice, taking away the passes and, and the slot shots. And the Capitals have by and large, mostly eliminated that. And on the other end of it, they didn't start scoring goals until they went to the high danger and the medium danger, you know, in in the slot and started getting inner slot shots, goals from the crease, goals from on top of the crease, goals from the hash marks. And until they made a concerted effort to get to the middle of the ice, they weren't winning games. Now they're doing that every night. And it's more uh, about a willful mindset of getting in to the inside. TJ Oshie finally scored last night. It was some great forechecking by Mantha, Connor McMichael, and Oshie gets down into the hash mark area and finds a rebound. And so it's a matter of, you know, they started winning the, the middle of the ice in the defensive zone and the offensive zone. When I watch the Oilers play, I see a team that plays on the perimeter inside the offensive zone, minus Zach Hyman, minus uh, uh, Kane, and what happens, I think they allow too much too much offense from the transition where they're cheating inside the offensive zone, they're playing on the outside, they're throwing awful passes inside the offensive zone, and teams are coming down, a lot of odd man rushes, and yeah. it just ends up being a porous D uh, in defensive zone coverage, and it doesn't matter what D zone coverage you have right now, they're just behind the eight ball on everything they're doing, and I think they have to scrap the offensive plans right now, and just worry about what they're doing when they don't have the puck. Maybe quit forechecking and just get back to playing D until they get their confidence. Do you ever think sometimes, like McDavid and Drysettle, I mean, they, they've done it. They've produced it. And they're off to a tough stretch to start the year, which has been even the power play, which and Washington had a great power play for a number of years, and they're struggling on the power play. But, you know, the Oilers had a record-setting power play last year, and they're not in the top 10 right now. And they went through a stretch, I think over a 12 or 13-game stretch, where that number one power play unit was at about 12%. That, that's, that hasn't happened a lot. But I think of some of the other Oilers players that were supposed to take a step forward here, and and even some guys on the back end in terms of trying to create some offense. And I wonder if there's some guys that just think they're better than they are and just need to simplify their game. You know what I mean? You know what? It's easy to poke holes in everyone when you're losing. It's easy to be negative. But, you know, one of the things that I told you this summer on your show, I told you this fall, early this fall on your show, I don't think the defense, the the core group of the the six defensemen that they ice every night is good enough. And they still need one more stud defenseman. I think it needs to be a right shot, someone that can control the right side. I don't think Bouchard is a first-line guy. Uh, He's got positive attributes, but he's got – 
negative attributes as well. He's eye event in both ends, but I, I, I think you need another Ekholm type, but in the right-handed shot variety. And you're going to have to give up something to get that. And, when, and I, you know, I've texted you many times about the D-pairs. Every single night, no matter who's coaching the Edmonton Oilers, whether it was Tippett, uh, whether it's Woodcroft, now whether it's Knobloch, they switch the forward lines every game. Every single game, you have every pairing. You know, you try everyone. It's McDavid and Dreisaitl. Then it's Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. It's Dreisaitl and Hyman. But you're always continuing to play, by and large, I'd say 90% of the games with the exact same deep pairs. And I think that has to change. And you have to experiment. And you have to – and I, I honestly think that's the trade the cap, uh, the, the, the Oilers need to make is they need to find a defenseman. If they want to save this season, a lot of people think still think it's possible, but I still believe that they need a right-handed shot that is a legitimate top-pairing guy, and then you can solidify everything on their back end. And until you do that, I don't care who's in net for the Oilers, it's not going to matter. Yeah, it's interesting now because, you know, at the start of the year it was save that number one and get a right shot, probably an upgrade on Cody Ceci. Now, ironically enough, Cody Ceci is the one player on the team that's on the positive side of plus minus. He frustrates you a little at time. He doesn't finish off plays. I don't know. He scored 10 goals one year in Ottawa. He's never been. He's been a plus player the last five years in the NHL. He is what he is, but he is not a 22-minute-plus-a-game guy that can shut down opposition players that allows you to play Bouchard in the second pairing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not that guy. So, valid point by you. Let's get back to the Washington Capitals here. Because I think at the start of the year, we were talking like this might be a team that's unloading some players at some point. Matt, that was a UFA at the end of this year. High ticket, but a UFA, uh, you know. And, and also, I'm just looking at your D right now. I mean, Rasmus Sandin and Carlson. Carlson being healthy is a big deal. I think he played 30 minutes the other night. Joel Edmondson and Nicholas uh, Jensen, you know, you can make an argument. Washington doesn't have demonstrably uh, better defense than Edmonton, or do they, Al? Well, I'll tell you what. If Nick Jensen played on the Edmonton Oilers, he'd be the top right-handed defenseman. And, you know, he's got holes in his game, but he has strength in his skating. He's got physical strength. He can kill a penalty. He can get the puck up the ice. Inside the offensive zone, he's not the greatest, and he's not the most intelligent. He doesn't have that great offensive hockey sense. But he's a guy that is super powerful, gets up the ice. He turned himself into an NHL player basically at 28 or 29 years old. And but he's dependable. And when I look at, you know, you talk about this defenseman, Joel Edmondson, we know that in St. Louis, what did he do? He blocked shots. He cleared out the front of the net. He knows who he is as a player. And I've said this on your show many times. When you learn how to perfect simple as a defenseman, you've really mastered the game. And a lot of older D, that's that's really when your game takes off. That's what an echo is. He's mastering simple. He's, he's efficient and proficient and offensive and defensive play but you've got to get that and I think when I look at Edmonton I look at Jensen they do those things John Carlson's an absolute stud would he help the Edmonton yes, yes but he's not going anywhere he's uh, not he going anywhere everything for the walk he can do everything and that's one thing they don't have a true number one defenseman with the Oilers and it's not a shot at anyone they are who they are 
but I think it drops everyone down the lineup as to where they go. You know, you have an A1A in John Carlson. Ekholm's not an A1A. He was behind a lot of A1As in in Nashville, but he is a very good defenseman that I would what love do you think to have nurse? the Washington Capitals. And I what do you think, think a nurse? nurse is a, I think he's a second pair guy, and I think he is the second half of the second pair. Uh, he's wow. got a lot of positive attributes. I think he tries to do too much. Uh, he's he is a lot like Jensen and guys like that. I know one year he had a monster offensive year, and it's not a slight against him. He's a big, strong. He's effective. He's a skater. But if you could actually get him into a role where he's on the second pair and he becomes part of a shutdown and he doesn't have all the pressure because of the contract. And unfortunately, because of the contract, everyone expects 50, 60 points, all these other things. But to me, he's not a true offensive guy. If you could just let him relax and be a physical defensive defenseman, you've got a player that plays for 15 to 20 years. And he still may do that. But I just don't have him in the category as puck movers. Uh, and I think he's got to simplify his game. And there, I, I believe playing in Edmonton, there's a ton of pressure on all of their players. And Nurse is one of the guys who is under the gun, under the spotlight, and under a massive amount of pressure every single game that he plays. All right, one final one for you. Darcy Kempers, Jim, he was the guy signed to a big deal by the Caps. But the story so far this year, Charlie Lingren. Well, Charlie's been good. I'll tell you what, the wins that Darcy has, with the exception of last night, he stole the game, every one of the games. He started, uh, didn't start the first game of this year. He was in the hospital. His wife was having a baby. He played the next four. The team was awful. They were committing so many turnovers, giveaways, blown coverages. He took it on the chin with his record. He's playing excellent, in my opinion, but Charlie Lindgren came back after being off for a month, and it was the same time that they got Nick Dowd back, they brought Obey Cubell back, and the fourth line really started to make a difference here. But I think when you look at Charlie Lindgren, who will probably start tomorrow, the guy's a gamer, he com- he's competitive. He was on a lot of people's list to grab as a backup a few years ago, and he was behind Terry Price in Montreal playing in, I believe, Laval, uh, he's an excellent goaltender. He was in uh, the St. Louis organization when they had goaltenders that were winning Stanley Cups. So when you look at him, he's a guy that took a little longer, was kind of under the radar, but he's been done an excellent job this season. Uh, he's been excellent in the games that he's played. He's a gamer. He's competitive, but I still believe that he's a backup goaltender, not a starter. All great stuff. Thanks for your time, my man. Yeah, take care, Bob. That's Al May. He is our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brendan Escott will have this day in Oilers history. We'll have a crossover with Reed Wilkins when we return at 649 in Edmonton. All right. Uh, Darnell's playing 22-28 per game, minus three this season. Three goals, five points in 18 games. Nobody happy with the position that the Edmonton Oilers are in. It is currently 6.52 in Edmonton. Reed Wilkins is getting ready to hire in, uh, to uh, go with inside boards. Hello, Reed. How are you doing? Well, Bob, I'm happy for Chris Morris, U Sports Football Coach of the Year. Good honor after a great season for the Golden Bears. Yeah. Um, good guy. That's all I'm going to say. Good, get really happy. Saw the Bears play four of their five home games this year, including the playoff route over Saskatchewan. Great news. Did not see that. So thank you very much. Yeah, just, what do you got coming up tonight? It just happened tonight. Just announced a little while ago. Okay. 
I think Coach Friesen was the last U of A coach to be coach of the year. Off the top of my head, might have been 2004. And I know uh, because I helped him write a speech. So pretty <laughs> sure it was the year he went 7-1. and one. Uh, Jerry is currently the defensive coordinator with the Saskatchewan Huskies. All right, uh, which, by the way, he was at before when the U of A hired him away. What do you got shaking on Inside Sports Night, Reed? Well, we have... Uh Spruce Grove native and Grey Cup champion for the second year in a row, Montreal Alouette center Justin Lawrence, who was part of that run for Toronto last year and part of the amazing run for Montreal this year. It's always great to catch up with uh, Lawrence, who is a U of A alum as well. I guess he would have been there after you were done at the school, I think. Yeah, well, uh, a little yeah. bit after, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, he'll be on. Kelly Rude will be on tonight, uh, of course, talking Oilers. And uh, I know Kelly's going to dive into that comment that. Uh, that uh, Chris Doblock made last night where he says he sees a team that is, is so afraid to make mistakes, it's almost paralyzing them. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll have uh, some comments from Knobloch, from Ekholm, and from uh, Rick Lollisher and Tom Richards as the Elks take a uh, step towards private ownership today, Bob. Yes, I wonder who they're looking at, hopefully investing in the team. All right, uh, Reed, you're going to be a busy man tomorrow. You're on all day tomorrow, aren't you? Uh, well, I'm doing the face-off show and overtime open line, and then I'm doing Oilers now. Oddly enough, I'm not doing Inside Sports, which is the show I usually do. Dave Campbell's going to spell me off at 7 and do Inside Sports tomorrow. All right, Daily Face-Offs, Frank Saravalli will be on tomorrow's show for Horse Racing Alberta. Experience live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. And we already mentioned Russ Houston, the player of the year. Did he do it twice? I think he did do it twice in 2000 and 2001, back-to-back at the University of Alberta. It's Chris Knobloch's center. Uh, Brendan Escott's back in the 630 Chad Studios. He's going to make his way, I believe, stateside tomorrow, but he's got this day in order's history for New West Travel. The Montreal road trip sold out. Nashville sold out. We're going to have a Oilers Now roadie coming up shortly. What do you got, Brendan? Go back to 1981. Glenn Anderson with a hat trick and a helper. Matty Hagman the other way with a goal and three assists. The Oilers beat the Red Wings 8-4 at Northlands Coliseum. It was Ron Lowe stopping 30 of 34 in net for Edmonton. All right, well, that wraps up. Uh, Oilers now for you. Coming up, a global news weather traffic update with David Bowles. Again, Reed Wilkins has got inside sports. I will join you tomorrow on the face-off show, which will be emanating at 1130 Edmonton time uh, with Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown and uh, Cam Moon and Brendan and company. So long, everybody, from Washington. Back at you tomorrow morning.